Hello and welcome to TFL's Capital Connection. My name is Daniel Sonny. I'm Director of Policy here for The Family Leader. With me is Chuck Hurley, Vice President and Chief Counsel. And Chuck, on January 31st, the governor's education bill dropped and we registered for it. That's right. Why did we do that? Because we believe that parents need more options for their unique children. Each child's different and they shouldn't be put into a, a, a box. They shouldn't be put into a certain school district just because they can't afford to move. Mm -hmm. and, and this is a bill, Chuck, that would mm -hmm. empower parents to choose the best education for their child. How does it do that? It provides for 10,000 scholarships, which there's 484,000 children in public schools, but most of those parents aren't going to choose a different mm -hmm. option. But there are probably 10,000 children out there who aren't receiving the ideal education or more, but the governor wants to start with a reasonable number, see what the demand is, and so it's a great start. It's a vast expansion from even last year's proposal. So we think that 10,000 more children will have better education because of this bill. We're very excited about it. Um, it's just an initial introduction. We already have different bills from senators and from representatives and the sausage-making process of amendments and trying to get to a final 51 yes House members and 26 yes senators. It's just going to take some time and some bump and grind. So those scholarships, those, uh, what the governor's calling student-first scholarships, mm -hmm. he said there's 10,000 of them the first year. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and how much are those scholarships and what can you use those on? About $5,400 okay. per, per child. child. And so in my case, I've got a lot of kids. You know, you, you, you might have a lot of expenses if you've got a big family. You might have fewer expenses if you've got a small family. So the money is designed to follow the need. You know, how many kids do you need help with? Um, and it's designed to be able to be used in private schools uh, for tutoring, uh, for online, and so on. There's really a plethora of ways that this money can be spent. Um, and it's been proven in other states where these similar or nearly identical scholarships are available that the public schools improve. Competition works. 24 out of 26 peer-reviewed studies show that the public schools do a lot better where there's strong competition. So um, you said there's a, a limit on the total number of scholarships available at least next year if this bill would pass. Mm -hmm. um, how, who qualifies for the student first scholarship? Under the governor's proposal, it would be parents who have children in public school right now, uh, children who are in families with um, not a ton of resources, middle and lower mm -hmm. income families. The uh, actual amount in the bill, it, again, it could change, mm -hmm. but right now it's 400% of the national poverty level, which translated means if you've got two children, mm -hmm. uh, school age, um, it would be around $100,000 or less in annual income. Okay. Um, also, uh, children going into kindergarten would be eligible. So they don't have to have gone to a year or more of public school to qualify. Okay. Well, um, so if I'm currently, if my, my child is currently going to a public school and we're, we're 
now under the Student First Scholarship able to afford to send them to a private school and we want we choose to do that, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of strings does that attach to that private school? What, what is that, does that private school now have a bunch of hoops that they have to jump through? The, the quick and uh, legal answer is absolutely not. The strings have been cut by the governor's bill, by the governor herself. If you read the bill on page 13 and 14, it's very clear that these funds cannot be used by the government to add strings to any private school. So the circuit breaker legally, and I'm a legal nerd, I've read the Zellman case from 2003 where the United States Supreme Court said there's a circuit breaker when the money goes to the parent and then the parent gets to decide. The money isn't going to a school. The money's going to the parent. And so that makes it really good constitutionally, mm -hmm. and it also makes it good where you can cut those strings and allow the private schools to continue to flourish mm -hmm. with the worldview and the training and the methodology that they have set up. And that's, that's important to us. As you know, Chuck, it's yes. important to us because we want to ensure that uh, our private Christian schools in the state of Iowa yes. don't have to compromise their mission to receive any sort of funds. So the way the Student First Scholarships work, uh, the way that they um, set up uh, scholarship accounts for that student, um, there's, there's still a lot of security and oversight through the Department of Education, but the money itself is, not, is no longer government money. It's, it's, that, it's money for that student to use That's right. on, the edu on qualified education expenses of their choice. Speaking of government money, yeah. uh, Daniel and listeners, um, one of the arguments that the public school monopolists mm -hmm. are making falsely, uh, like at subcommittee, the person that went right before mm -hmm. me made this argument, and then I tried to dispel it the best I could, is that government money should only go to government schools. Mm -hmm. Well, think about this for a moment. We help uh, middle and, and lower income people sometimes with... Um, food stamps mm -hmm. or with medical care, mm -hmm. um, those monies that are collected from taxpayers by the state of Iowa mm -hmm. that then are made available to help people with their deepest needs, food and housing and education, those monies go to the individual. The individual then does not have to go to a government grocery store mm -hmm. to spend those food stamps. The individual does not have to go to a government hospital to get medical mm. care. So it's really a specious, fraudulent, uh, factually inerrant um, argument that is being made that government dollars can only go to a government school. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. The government dollars were collected from we private taxpayers to try to help children get a quality education. And in these other examples I gave, to help people get quality health care mm -hmm. or to get their food needs met. So. Uh, People should not fall for that line that government money can only go to a government school mm -hmm. or to a government grocery store. Fraudulent, bad argument. Uh, yeah, well, and I think that that's a really good point, Chuck. And, and if the point is to fund the best education possible, yes, uh, let's do that. And, the, and if the best education for a student is uh, the current public school they're currently attending, great, we're already funding it and we'll continue to, the, yes. well, the state's already funding it, yeah. they're funding it with our tax dollars, yes. and they're going to continue to do that. But if the best education for that child is something else, whether whether tutoring or, or homeschooling or, 
or a, a local private school. Uh, why is that different from from a different? Well, exactly. And and there are people, probably eighty five to eighty eight percent of Iowans, who are used to sending their children to a public school. So they're scared because there's another lie that's out there that somehow this, uh, these scholarships are going to harm the public school. No, 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 no. All the studies show, uh, excuse me, 24 out of 26 peer-reviewed studies show that public schools improve mm -hmm. when there's competition. Now, the monopolists, the people mm -hmm. that like you know, more money for perhaps an inferior product, and that's what monopolies bring, um, they don't want competition. But the rest of us who care about our kids thriving want more competition. And the proof is that that happens. Those other two studies uh, didn't, uh, were neutral. Yes. But, yeah. but the 24 showed statistically significant improvement in mm -hmm. the public schools. So competition will help every mm -hmm. student. And uh, as I recall, Chuck, one of those studies was actually uh, it was in Florida, and it was kids with disabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, and it showed that um, the introduction of school choice programs similar to this one in Florida uh, helped students with disabilities in the public schools yes. by giving them more choice and, and introducing some of that competition. You bet. So I, we believe that this is a good program, mm -hmm. uh, that the governor's, governor's proposal, while not as universal as we would like, mm -hmm. um, and, and we hope to see that expanded in future years, uh, that this is a good program and a really good first step mm -hmm. that is going that will help our students around the state of Iowa, but also help our public schools, help all of our schools. Yes, and uh, and so we've been strongly in support of passing this bill. Mm -hmm. um, there's a subcommittee, as Chuck alluded to already this week. Um, Chuck, I, I thought it was really funny when uh, when someone opposed to the bill. Uh, I believe it's an old Woodrow Wilson quote that the purpose of education is to make children as different from their parents as possible. I, I couldn't believe that, that an opponent of this bill would say that <laughs> in public. So, you know, it gives you encouragement that you're on the right side, you know? Well, and another thing that, was, uh, that blew up on the Twitter feed was when Senator Selsey said that she and her, parent, her parents were able to afford to send her to a mm -hmm. private school and rightfully so, the people in the Twitterverse or whatever yeah. you call that said, oh, so it's okay for rich kids to have school mm -hmm. choice, but you don't want poor kids to have school choice. And that really is what we're talking about here is mm -hmm. getting more parents who can't afford uh, mm -hmm. this fine school that Senator Selsey went to uh, to be able to afford some options. I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, Chuck, there are some other pieces of this bill that I do want to touch on sure. um, while we're talking, and one in particular, a transparency requirement. Mm -hmm. what, what can you tell me about that? Over the past two years, mm -hmm. starting with COVID and children bringing their laptops home and mom or dad looking over their shoulder mm -hmm. and seeing what they're learning, and then expanding to, in the last several months, the discovery of some pornographic material in our public schools um, the governor has added to her bill uh, and, and a demand that all public schools make uh, curriculum and book lists and so mm -hmm. on available to parents. So there's no more hiding the ball, no more trying to sneak some mm -hmm. pernicious, whether it's sexual or ideological um, 
mm -hmm. information into kids' minds without the parents knowing about it. So we believe in parent um, involvement. We believe in parent oversight and accountability. Mm -hmm. And parenthetically, we also testified that same day um, on a parent's bill of rights. Mm -hmm. In uh, public schools. In public schools. And so we're really excited that the legislature and the governor mm -hmm. are stepping up to saying, parents, you need to be aware. In public schools, you need to play ball with mm -hmm. the parents. Mm -hmm. You need to give them the opportunity to review these materials yes. and, uh, and give feedback. What's the process if you find something objectionable in, your, in the material that, uh, that's in the library or, yeah. in, or in, uh, that a teacher is teaching? What is the process so that parents can know how to, yes. how to deal with these problems? That's a good point. School. It isn't just the philosophy that parents mm -hmm. should have um, information ahead of time before the child is indoctrinated, but how do they go about mm -hmm. complaining? So you're right. That, that's a huge new part of this year's governor's mm -hmm. bill. Uh, Chuck, thank you so much for being here this morning. We're filming this early on a Friday morning. Uh, we have, I want to leave you with a speech by Senator Sinclair from uh, the subcommittee on Wednesday. And, and Senator Sinclair is chairman of the Senate Education Committee. She's been a champion on these issues. Mm -hmm. She introduced uh, a bill that Chuck referenced earlier, uh, the Parents' Bill of Rights on, uh, uh, for parents in public schools um, that is also moving in the Senate. And so yeah, she had some great words Wednesday evening as we wrapped up a, a long subcommittee. Um, so thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us on Capital Connection. We'll be back again next week with an update on a whole bunch of other issues. Uh, I'm expecting to, uh, to have some movement on a bad gambling bill. I'm expecting to have some movement on some good uh, bills on pornography and obscenity in schools and libraries and a whole bunch of other issues. So please enjoy Senator Sinclair's comments. Thank you for listening. Uh, contact your legislator about SSB 3080 and the governor's proposal on student first scholarships, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. I couldn't say better than Senator Rosenboom has. What I want to do is conclude with uh, just, just a recent experience I had in um, with some colleagues of mine. Uh, and, and some folks who, who are, uh, I was at dinner with a group of folks, Senator Rosenboom was there, half a dozen other people, there were public educators, there were uh, private educators, there were coaches and administrators and school board members and me. And we were talking about all kinds of issues related to, to, to Iowa's community colleges, to, to our public school systems. We were having a conversation about education. And when we, when we got to the, the, the conversation about, about choice in education, about parental rights and choice in education, which is what this bill is, it gets to at the heart of it. The transparency is a parental rights issue. The choice in education, the scholarship, is a parental rights issue. The, the uh, access to information, all of this, this bill is a parental rights issue, and it's, and it's, and it's a choice in education issue. And so when we got to this topic, when we got to the, the discussion of the governor's bill, we looked around, I looked around the table, and every single person at that table, with the exception of one, had either sent their children to private school, or had homeschooled their children at some point or another, or had sent their children to private college. Every single person at that table had access to school choice. Every single person at that table had access to school choice. Do you know what's different about the people at that table and the people addressed by this bill? Do you want to know what the difference is? We had the means to choose. We had the means to choose. 
we were capable of paying that tuition or capable of teaching our children at home. We had the means to choose. Do you know who is not open to school choice, who's not allowed to choose their education? It's parents who don't have the means to choose. And this bill addresses those parents. This bill addresses those parents. We're addressing students who are poor, in poverty. I'll conclude with this. I want to choose what's best for my son, my 15-year-old son. Do you know what I choose? And what I'll continue to choose regardless of this bill? I will choose my son's public school. I love my son's public school. They take care of his needs. They advance him as he needs to. They hold him accountable when he needs it. That's not true for all students in all schools. What we've got to come down to in this bill, what we've got to address is those kids whose mom can't choose. Those kids. Stop talking about systems. Stop talking about teachers in, in a public school system. There are teachers in private schools. Stop talking about people who don't support this as people who don't matter. There are parents in this room who support this. And they support this because they know they have the right to choose what is best for their child, but they might not have the means to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this bill is not about those of us who can already choose for our kids. This bill is about kids who don't have any other opportunity, and I beg you, I beg you to think of those children as Senator Rosenblum and I sign this out. I assume Senator Celsi will not be joining us. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope that those of you who are still online would be willing to submit your comments to us so that we can review those as well. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.